0: Over the Wall Podcast, Major League Baseball Season Preview Edition. I'm pretty excited. We haven't had sports since mid-March. We had the draft, that it wasn't an actual sporting event. And, you know, baseball's opening day, I believe, was March 26th. So we have a start date of July 24th. Man, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. And it's going to be fun to be different. Sure, there's going to be no fans in the stands. It's not going to affect me. I mean, I'm just going to watch it on television. It's not like I'm going to the games. And then... The 60-game season, a sprint to the finish, is going to be exciting. We're going to see some things maybe we've never seen before. Uh, We're seeing the DH in both leagues, so that's pretty cool. So I'm excited to see what unfolds. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. I think I've just been craving baseball in these summer months since we haven't had anything going on. So like I said, very, very exciting. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to preview each league and each division specifically. I'm going to give you what I think is going to happen, who's going to win a division, ultimately who's going to win the league whether that be an AL the NL I'm going to give you my Cy Young predictions my MVP prediction and ultimately my World Series prediction and it's going to be a team who gets over the hump and I think it's the best team in baseball by far and we'll see how it plays out so hold me to it let's do it Here we go Major League Baseball opening day less than a week away 60 game season it's going to be very exciting i can't wait for it no fans in the stands but i think you know with, with no sports going on for the past three to four months or no major sports and what i consider major sports would be the big three um baseball football basketball you know i think people are gonna love it and it's gonna be a sprint instead of a marathon i think each game is gonna mean that much more compared to a 162 game season i think major league baseball is gonna plow through it unlike the nba which I think will have some road bumps um, along the way, just because I think they're social media driven. They're terrified of what the media says. I've said in the past, this was the problem of Major League Baseball, obviously in a non-pandemic world where they're not great on social media. And I think that has hurt them to a certain extent, along with pace of play, you know, length of a season. But I do think that's something that has hurt them. I think it's going to help them here because they're not big on social media like the NFL like the NBA, where the, especially the NBA, like I said, Adam Silver, you know, and even Roger Goodell, to that extent, they are worried about what the media says. They'll react to what the media says. And that's why I think the NBA will have a tough time finishing their season, because if they have a positive test here, a positive test there, you know, they might just shut it down because they're terrified of what maybe CNN or, you know, any of these news networks will say Whereas baseball, I think, will plow through it. They don't really seem very political. You're talking about guys from different parts of the country. Um, There's not a, you know, different parts of the country and also different countries. (laughs) That being said, that I don't think there's political agendas. I don't think there's agendas. I think you know baseball doesn't have this diva quality like an NBA or a football where NBA. In the NFL, I mean, you're drafted out of college or out of high school or whatever the case may be. You go straight to the league. You make millions of dollars. And that's just how it's always been. Whereas baseball, it's, you know, toe the line. You're in the minors. Pay your dues. And so where the Major League Baseball state of mind is just let's go play ball. And that's strictly all it is. And, you know, they hone in on their craft. It's a game where you have to stay locked in. Just because it's just so tough mentally, you know, especially on the offensive side where, I mean, hell, nowadays you hit 280, you know, that's a successful season. So my main point being, these guys aren't going to be, you know, I guess, clouded politically uh, with the times going on or just clouded with the whole COVID-19 pandemic. I think they're going to plow through it and I'm very excited to see. This season and what it holds, and I'm also not gonna denigrate the season because it's 60 games. I think that's a joke as well. I think sports are entertainment. I think we need to watch it. I think we need to enjoy it. And when a champion is crowned, I mean, applaud it. Don't you know, crap on it and say, well, it's not you know the same as a one sixty two game season. It doesn't matter. Who cares? I don't. I don't give a shit about that. I care about entertainment and I want to see a good product. And I'm really hoping, I think they put a good product in the field. Sure, no fans in the stands. But like I said, you've been starving for sports for three to four months, especially the big three, baseball, basketball, football in this country, that I'm very, very excited. I think the ratings will show that people are very excited, you know, to watch some baseball and basketball, football, just watch some sports. And so, you know, here we go. And what we'll do here on this podcast is I'll break down each league. But we'll start off with the American league here. I'll break down division by division, kind of give you some outcomes, predictions, because that's what it's all about, bold predictions. I could sit here and say every team's good. You know, this guy's great, but you want bold predictions. This team sucks. That team's gonna be great. So here we go. We'll start off in the AL East. I think the Yankees are the team to beat. I think the Yankees though took a Big, big hit that not a lot of people are talking about, um, especially because this was news in February and March, is that Luis Severino, who I think is a top three pitcher in the American League, is out. Now, you sign Garrett Cole, and he's arguably the best pitcher in baseball, and I think he's going to absolutely tear it up. But the Severino loss is huge because that's a one-two punch right there. I mean, they still have a good staff. Bullpen's still pretty good with Chapman in the back end. Lineup, great. Um, the one thing I would worry about their lineup is injuries. When you have big boppers like Judge and Stanton, they have shown that you know they can get hurt. But you know, when I look at a guy like Stanton, he has shown and you've seen in the past that he can go an absolute tear. I mean, homer after homer after homer. I mean, you have a sixty game season right here. He could just absolutely light the world on fire for these sixty games. Same thing with Judge. You have a you know, a really young team, Torres is moving the short, Glaber Torres, stud, shortstop. You know, LeMahieu is still very solid. So you got a lot of guys who can play. Sanchez behind the plate, one of the top catchers in the league. So I would say they're my favorite. And Garrett Cole is going to be a huge addition. And even more so during this time, there's going to be no fans in the stands. What's always been an issue with the Yankees has been pressure, right? Baseball, people have said it's a game of failure. And New York is Very, very critical of their athletes, especially, you know, the Yankees. The Yankees are one of the biggest brands in sports. So people have always said it's tough, you know, when you get that big contract, you know, going to a market like that. Remember, there will be no fans in the stands in New York or anywhere. I think that's gonna play a big part into Garrett Cole's success. I mean, think about I mean, I think he would have success anyways, and I think he's gonna win the Cy Young. You're talking about a sixty game sprint right here where The pitching always has an upper advantage over hitting early in the season. I mean, it's 60 games, so (laughs) it's going to take a week or two for these guys to get acclimated. That's going to be a big bonus for a guy like that. But with no fans in the stands, I think the pressure won't be as daunting. And I think God's be able to play freely, especially with the Yankees, where pressure is at an all-time high. So I expect the Yankees to probably win this division, but I expect Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays, to chase them the whole way. I think Tampa, you know, with Kevin Cash, they're managed very well. They're very analytical. You know, with them and a team like Oakland, who are very analytic-driven, that don't have a lot of money, they play every game like it's their last. I mean, you're talking about quirky things they do with their bullpen, with their starting rotation, with their lineup. It works, you know, on a game-to-game basis. But, you know, when you play 162, it's ultimately – the better talent is going to win, you know, overall. But this is a 60-game sprint. I still think they're young and talented. They don't have superstars, but they have really, really good players. But once again, like I said with the Yankees, I believe starting pitching is going to be huge, you know, in this 60-game season. Why? Because it takes time for hitters to get acclimated. You basically started up in March, and then you completely cooled off for three or four months. And sure, I know they've had a little inter squad scrimmages going on, but it's going to take a couple of weeks when you, you face you know the live bullets. You look at Tampa's rotation of Glasnow, Tyler Glasnow, who was in the trade a couple of years back for Chris Archer when you had Glasnow and Meadows come to Tampa. I mean, those guys can play. Meadows is an all-star. Watch out for Tyler Glasnow. He is going to be an absolute star pitcher in the American League, and I think he's going to give Garrett Cole a run for his money for the Cy Young. And then you have Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. Those are three really, really top-end pitchers. And like I said, they play every game like it's their last. They're very analytics-driven. So don't be surprised if you see Tampa win the division and, you know, ultimately make a little playoff run. Like I said, 60-game season, you don't know what to expect. So it's going to be very interesting. But I do, th- I do see them coming out second to New York. You know, third, I would say Boston. Boston has just kind of lost that lore in my opinion they're not as exciting i think with chris sale going down as well he's out for the year that just ultimately you know you know puts the knife in them and without david price as well no mookie bets where is the organization heading you know they're not tanking obviously i think i still think they have really good players bogarts devers you know ben they do but they're not the same club they were two years ago I think they caught lightning in a bottle. And now it's almost like a regrouping phase. You know, I think their pitching is not very good. I don't even know who's their horse. You know, their bullpen, not great. So, I mean, you never know. Like I said, 60-game season, these guys could get hot. I doubt it because I think Tampa and New York are just better teams. And I think Boston has become stale. Good players, but once again, just an average team in my opinion. You know, just middle of the pack, maybe even a little worse than that. You know, then you have Toronto, who I think is going to be a very exciting team. Very, very exciting. I think they have a lot of talent on the offensive side in their lineup. When you look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he is going to be a star. He really is. Obviously, Vlad Guerrero's son, I think he's going to be a better hitter than his dad. I think his approach to the plate's better, his swing is better. Um, defensively, I think they're going to move into first base, which will help help him offensively, because I think playing him at third just wasn't great. He wasn't a great defender. Playing him at first will give him more time to focus, you know, with the stick. You know, Biggio's son, um, Dante Bichette's son, Bo Bichette at short, he is really, really good. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who is Yuli Gurriel Jr.'s brother, uh, the first baseman for the Astros, he's really good. So, like I said, they're going to be very exciting. But once again, this is something you're going to hear me say often. Their pitching is just not there yet. Um, they signed Ryu from the Dodgers, but that's not going to be enough. I, I think you have to have a strong rotation to win, and they just don't. But a very exciting team, a team you'd like to watch with Guerrero, Biggio, Bichette, Gurriel, you know, lots of young stars. And Baltimore is just god-awful. I mean, really, you could name a couple guys on that team just because I watch baseball on a consistent basis. But try to name a a starter in that rotation. Lord have mercy. They are terrible. And maybe they're trending in the right direction the next five years. But, I mean, they're god-awful. And they're going to come out last. So that wraps up the East. And then we'll switch off to the Central next. All right, AL Central. Very interesting. Not a team in there that's going to be, at least in my opinion, a World Series threat. I think they have a couple good teams. I actually have a surprise team winning it, and that's Chicago White Sox. I know they've been bad the past couple years, but 60-game season, I think young talent will prevail. Because I think over a 162-game season, you know, Grizzly veterans will kind of overcome things, right? It's a long season. You'll have your ups, you have your downs. But I think when you're looking at a 60-game sprint, I like young talent. And Chicago has a lot of young talent. When you look at their rotation, Lucas Giolito is going to be one of the rising stars in the league. He's a top-end guy, really good. You have Carlos Rodan who's starting to come on a little bit. They signed Dallas Keuchel. So I like their top three. They also have Ronaldo Lopez, Gio Gonzalez, to kind of fill that out. Good rotation. When you look at their lineup, I mean, you're talking about some guys, and, and keep out for this name, outfielder Eloy Jimenez. He's going to have a, a really strong year. I mean, you're talking about a big bopper guy who can, on a normal year, probably hit 40 homers. He's going to be really good. Joan Moncada, who a couple of years back was traded from the Red Sox, third baseman, very, very good. Tim Anderson at short. They traded for No More Mazzara, who I think has a lot of potential. Edwin Encarnacion, veteran. Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu. Those are like really, really good veterans. So. I like their team a lot. And the reason I do is because of the vision they're in. If I think they were playing the Yankees and Rays, I wouldn't be maybe as high. But I don't think this division's as good as maybe some people think. When you look at who would come behind them, I think Cleveland. Cleveland's kind of starting to transition a little bit. Pitching staff isn't as good as maybe it once was. We still have Shane Bieber, who's an up-and-coming pitcher. Clevenger, Carrasco, you know solid rotation, and you also have a good lineup. Francisco Lindor is one of the best players in baseball. He's a free agent coming up. So with a 60-game season, free agency coming up, you know, watch him have a big – I'm not going to say a big year because it's 60 games, but a big stretch right here. I love him. I think he's an absolute star. So watch for him. Jose Ramirez. So they got some guys who can play. Um, but ultimately they're one of these teams that they remind me of the Red Sox where I feel like they peaked. You know, they peaked in 16 and 17, and now where are they heading? All right, I just feel like they're trending downwards. They're not as good as they were years past. You know, I just mentioned Jose Ramirez, their third baseman, little 5'8 guy, switch hitter. I think he had a boomer bust year, you know, a couple years back, and I think he's an okay player. He's not what maybe some people believe he is, you know. So I still think they're good, but not good enough to win a division. Minnesota, I believe, won a division last year, and – you're going to, like I said, you're going to hear me say this all the time. I'm all about starting pitching. You have to have it. You have to have a good rotation. You can throw together, you know, the Oakland A's rotation um, and, and throw some bullpen pieces. And maybe that works for 162. But I feel like a 60-game sprint, you're going to have to have really good starting pitching. I don't think they do. They have Jose Barrios, who I think is really, really good. But after that, it's just a bunch of guys. Um So I'm just not in love with them. I think they have, you know, good players. I don't think they have superstars. I just think they're a really good team. They're sound. And 162-game season, I think that works, right? But when you're talking about a sprint, you know, I'm looking for some pop. I'm looking for some sizzle. I'm looking for some guys on the mound, you know, who can really bring it. I'm looking for star power. I don't think they have it. I think they're just a very solid team. Now, they very well could win the division. Like I said, 60 games, you never know who gets hot and who doesn't. But I'm just not a huge fan of them as a as a club overall. Other teams you have, and I'm not going to get into depth about it, is the Royals and the Tigers. I, I just think they're bottom feeder teams, not very good. Tigers are bad, consistently drafting in the top five. The Royals had their stretch when they won the World Series, but have completely fallen off. Traded their whole team. Um, like I said, with these two teams, you, you're hard pressed to even find a, a starting pitcher that you like. you know, a couple position players here and there. But just they're not going to be a factor at all. So ultimately, I think you're now looking at the Chicago White Sox being a surprise team. And maybe a lot of people aren't talking about that. But I think White Sox, Indians, Twins, and then you'll have Royals, Tigers. That's kind of how I feel it's shaking up. Let's dive into the AL West. Man, I'll tell you what. This is a team right here that people are sleeping on just because of the offseason and the press they had and all the negative publicity, and that's Houston. Houston is still very, very talented. I know they lost Garrett Cole, and that's a tough one. He's the best pitcher in baseball. You still have Verlander. You still have Grinky. McCuller's coming back from injury. Your rotation isn't as good, but you, you still have something there. Your bullpen still is okay, not great. But, man, you still have dudes out there. Correa. Bregman, Altuve, I mean, are you kidding me? Those are studs, Springer. I mean, you're talking about the guys I just named are four of the top guys in baseball. All in your team, all in their prime, you know? So, and Michael Brantley is another guy, maybe not in his prime, but just a really solid outfielder for you. And so it's there. The cohesiveness is there too as a team. I mean, these are, these guys have been playing together for a long time. So people are sleeping on them. And also think about this. There would have been huge pressure, you know, when you go to you know opposing fan bases in stadiums that we're just gonna boo the shit out of them, but they don't have to deal with that. They don't. I think also everybody has been into this whole pandemic and other things going on that I think people have lost sight of the whole Astros storyline, which I think helps them. I think the Astros are really good. I think along with the Yankees, they're the they're the seg. One or two best teams in the AL. I mean, they're a very, very good team. Obviously, if they had Garrett Cole, I would be over the moon about him still. But that does hurt a tad. They're going to win this division with ease, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't see anything different. I think the division's a little weak. You have Oakland coming in. Oakland is Oakland. They'll be be good. But once again, starting pitching is okay. Nothing great. Um, Serviceable. They're the same analytic-driven team they've always been. No superstars in the mound. Really no superstars in the field, even though Matt Chapman at third base is really, really good. But, yeah, I mean, they'll be fine. And, could, like I said, could they go on a a 60-game stretch where they get super hot? Sure. But Houston is just really, really good. Angels, Joe Madden, first year as manager. Mike Trout. I think he'll play, but there has been, you know, rumors that maybe he won't. I know his wife's pregnant there. There's been, you know, stories where he might might not play. He's by far the best player in baseball. You know, just had to cover that. But besides that, you get Rendon. That's great. Here's the deal. That with, with teams like this, I, I don't understand it. And I know these general managers are probably smarter than me They went to Ivy Leagues. But the Angels' problem has never been, you know, offense. It's their starting pitching has been atrocious. I mean, they just have no starting starting pitching. It's just not very good at all. And that's their problem. I think their lineup's fine. When you look at – I mean, Trout's the best player I've seen in the past 20, 30 years. You know, Rendon's really good. But their problem is pitching, and that's going to hurt them. And so, once again, they won't do anything. Trout will never win anything unless, you know, management helps them out on the pitching side. And they haven't <laughs> since he's been there. Then I have Texas. Texas – once again, they're in that spot where they're just middle of the pack, nothing great. Starting pitching is average. Once again, you're going to hear me talk about starting pitching, starting pitching. They're not very good on the mound. They're not. You know, Mike Miners, that's about it. That's all I can come up with. Um, they have some offensive firepower. Watch out for Joey Gallo. He is one of the most exciting players of baseball. I mean, he swings the shit out of it. He's a, on a regular 162-game season. He's a 40-plus he's a homer dude. Very good. Very imposing. About six six. just an animal. Um, but yeah, they're not going to compete for anything. Um, the only thing cool about them is that their new stadium. That's about it, because I don't think they're a very good baseball team. And then finally, Seattle. You know, once again, if you don't know baseball, you might not even know anybody on that team. They're they're a bottom feeder team, just like Baltimore, um, just like Kansas City, Detroit. They will be an absolute non-factor. But ultimately, like I said, I have Houston winning division with Oakland coming out second. Um, Angels, Rangers, uh, Mariners. That's kind of the, the order I see. And then ultimately, if we talk playoffs, like I said, it to me, the two best teams is the Astros, the Yankees is going to come down, you know, to that in the ALCS. I like the Yankees because I think their pitching is going to be a little better. They have Cole at the top. Will Verlander continue to be the stud he's been over the years? That's going to be a big question. I know we had a lack issue early in the year. But. That's the big question going forward. Also, Grinke's up there in age too. Can he still be the same guy? But I think New York is primed and ready to, to get over that hump to make it to the World Series and make a run. So if, you know, gun to my head right now, who do I think gets to the World Series? I think it's the Yankees. And then we'll talk about, you know, awards. I'm not too even sure if they're giving out awards this year just because of the 60-game season. But there are certain guys I like to have really big years as far as like the MVP race. You know, Francisco Lindor, George Springer, um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Giancarlo Stanton, Joey Gallo. Those are guys that come to mind right now, and Stanton, Gallo, just because, like I said, they could just get hot in 60 games and just crush homers left and right, you know, if if they hit that hot streak. Ultimately, my MVP, and like I say, this is about making predictions. If I just said everybody was good, then it'd be, you know, what's that about? Making predictions is fun. I think Francisco Lindor with free agency coming up is going to have a huge year, and I think he wins the MVP because I think his numbers will be really good. You know, and then at shortstop, he's absolutely amazing. So, look, that's who I, that's, I, that's who I would go with. Cy Young, I would go with Garrett Cole. I think he's going to have an outstanding year. I just think he's gonna be the best pitcher in baseball. Plus, you know, new environment. I don't think he's going to have the added pressure of fans in the stands. And I don't think the media will be as crazy. Or at least they won't feel the media pressure without the fans in the stands or the booing if you have a bad, you know, performance. I think he's going to kill it his first year with the Yankees. And I think I got him as a Cy Young. And just a couple guys to, to watch out for you know, younger players who, if you're just, you know, a casual baseball fan, you you may not have heard of, but just keep your eye on. Like I said, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is really good. Bo Bichette, the Blue Jays. Joan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez, um, a guy, a pitcher for the, the A's to watch out for. Jesus Lazardo has been talked about for a long time. He'll be in that starting rotation. Just keep an eye on him. You know, Alex Verdugo, who just got traded from the Dodgers to the Red Sox is another guy who is, you know, highly touted Tyler Glasnow, who I think is going to make a big splash. So just some guys to keep an eye on. And I think it's going to be a very exciting season. One last guy to keep an eye on who I think is a superstar, but just since he got hurt and even me as a big baseball fan, I even forget about him, but he is a superstar and he's back on the mound. And he's going to do his thing. You know, I guess you would say on both sides of the ball, like you would in football is Shohei Otani. That he's going to be a DH and he's going to be a starting pitching. If you can remember, he was electric on the mound until he had to have Tommy John. So he's back with the Angels. That's going to be exciting to see. And, and once again, like I said, sixty game season. It's no holds barred. What if a guy like that, you know, goes out there and has a good offensive, you know, stretch? And hell, he even you know puts together you know seven eight good starts. I mean, he could be your MVP. So keep an eye on him. Like I said, very exciting baseball coming up. You know, it feels right. It feels good. No fans in stands. I don't care. I'm just starving for something. And uh, I think it's going to be very exciting. So we covered the AL. Let's cover the NL. And I think overall, the NL is probably a better division as a whole, even though I think there's one team that's above everybody else and we'll get to them later. We'll start off in the East. And this is going to be a tough one. it's probably be the best race maybe in baseball this year. And that is the Atlanta Braves and the Washington Nationals. I could probably even throw the Phillies in there and hell, even the Mets. They have some, some guys up top in the rotation that can compete, but specifically those two teams at the top. When you look at the Braves and the Nationals, there's a very interesting dynamic. When you look at from last year's perspective, the Washington Nationals won the world series, but they didn't win the division. They were the wildcard team. Now the Atlanta Braves won the division and so here's my thing, and if, you, and if you listen to what I said about the American League, I'm going to stick with my same philosophy going forward. In a 60-game season, when it is a pure sprint, let's go get it, let's not waste any time, I think what's going to win overall is going to be starting pitching because it's a race. It's not a sprint. You're not counting on your bullpen to win you some games and pace every, everything out. It's let's go get it. Let's, let's win right now. The Nationals are loaded from that standpoint. They have the best three in the top of rotation in baseball, in my opinion. When you look at, it. sure, there's Strasburg and Corbin. They're dynamic that they won them a World Series last year. I believe starting pitching wins, especially in the postseason and especially in the 60 game season. Now, that's not saying the Atlanta Braves' rotation isn't very good. I think they are. But I don't think they're as dynamic as the Nationals. When you look at, you have three starters who are probably top 10 in baseball and the Braves have some guys who could throw, you know, Soroka was a uh, Mike Soroka was a guy who made the all-star game last year. You know, I I think he could pop. They have other guys who, you know, young guys, Max freed, Sean Newcomb, Kyle, Wright, Toussaint. Fulty. Those are guys who could pop. They could go to the next level. Do I think they will? Probably not. I think they're, they're good pitchers. I don't think they'll ever be superstars. And I think that's the one thing Holding the Atlanta Braves back because lineup wise they are absurdly ridiculous. When you look at Freddie Freeman, who's at the prime of his career, Ozzie Albies is a stud. Um, I think Ronald Acuna is could be one of the best players in baseball. And then you, you got other guys who I think are gonna pop. I think Dansby Swanson's gonna pop eventually. You know Riley uh, Austin Riley is another guy. He'll probably be their DH. Young guy can swing it. They have talent. They really do. And it won them a division last year. But my whole thing with this whole setup is you now have 60 games and not 162. And I just strongly believe that dynamic starting pitching, right, especially when the format that we've seen. and, And I think offense is going to go a little slower Um I just always think it does. I think hitting takes a little time, and I think pitchers just have an advantage early on. So if you got those guys at the top of the rotation that are going to dominate early on, I think that's going to give them a big, big advantage. Wouldn't be surprised if the Braves win the division, but I'm going to go with the Nationals just because of starting pitching. Um, and just look at the Nationals when you look at their lineup. When you got, you know, Juan Soto is an absolute stud. Victor Robles, Trey Turner's another guy I think is really dynamic at shortstop. I mean, it's a really, really good team. So I'm going to go with them. And then when you look at other teams in his division, I think the Phillies are a very interesting team. And I think a lot of, you know, because of the Bryce Harper hype, Now I've kind of backed off of him a little bit. Uh, even though I think he is a really dynamic player, I would say more of a top 20 guy. I think the expectations that we all thought of him, he's fallen short. Therefore, I think in my lifetime, he might be the most overrated player in baseball. And I hate saying that because I was a huge fan. and I wanted to see him succeed. And he has succeeded. I mean, he's got this crazy contract, but the expectations where he was going to be the greatest player in baseball and one of the best we've ever seen. I think he could still achieve that, but I'm not so sure. Now, as far as their team, I mean, they still have other guys that can do it. Um, Remuto behind the plate, maybe one of the best catchers in the game. Reese Hoskins. So they have some dudes. Um, From a pitching standpoint, like I said, that is their issue. I think Aaron Nola, LSU guy, I think he's one of the best pitchers in the game. Top 10, possibly. But after that, I mean, you're not really counting. I mean, Jake Arrieta is a guy who's way past his prime. And then you're just hoping to get a little something out of some of these other guys that you're probably not going to get. The bullpen's a question. Um, so I just think there's a lot of missing parts with the Phillies that, that will, you know, hinder them from achieving that ultimate goal. But, like, once again, you, never, I mean, you don't know that. I mean, 60-game season, they could just get extremely hot. But I wouldn't count on it. Then you have the New York Mets. And the reason I would still give them a fighting chance is, I think Jacob deGrom's still one of the best guys in the game send guard, always has that ability to be extremely dynamic and they sign you know waka they have stroman mats porcello so they have some guys that can throw it in their starting rotation. and they start in rotation they they also have some guys position players who could play too when you look at you know alonzo who had a really good year last year um rosario mcneil nemo conforto they got some dudes Really good bullpen as well. But my whole thing with them is just the culture of their organization. I just feel like they're always in flux. I don't feel I feel like they always underachieve. It's more hype. And until I guess I, I have to see them win on a consistent basis. I mean, they even went to the World Series a couple years back and then they really haven't done too much after that. It's just a an up and down franchise. So it's it's really a, a tough Franchise to bank on, right, and think they can achieve on a year and year out basis, which I, I don't think they can. And then you finally have the Marlins. I mean, they're going to be a little better, and I think you know Derek Jeter's got the thing going in the right direction for sure. They're bringing in young talent, and they're sprinkling in a couple of veterans who could play. But they're just they're too far off. They're a non-factor, um, and so I wouldn't even put them in the discussion whatsoever. So ultimately, in this division, I see. Nationals, Braves, Phillies, Mets, Marlins. That's kind of the way I see it breaking down. NL Central, let's break it down. I think this will come down to about four or five teams that have a chance to win this division that are viable. I think they're good teams, but ultimately they're flawed in some way, shape, or form that's going to prevent them from getting to the World Series and accomplishing the ultimate goal. Let's start off with the Cubs. I think the Cubs, lineup-wise, have guys in the prime of their career who are really good. So I, I like their lineup, and let's go over a couple of these guys. Behind the plate, you have Contreras, who's really good, one of the better catchers in baseball, at least in my opinion. You have Anthony Rizzo, prime of his career at first base. Javi Baez is an absolute stud, one of the better, better players in baseball. And he's emerging. Chris Bryant, we've seen it before. He's an MVP, can play. you know, And then you sprinkle in a couple guys, Jason Hayward, you know, Kyle Schwarber will be their DH. That's going to be intriguing to see him actually just exclusively hitting, not playing the outfield because he's a almost a positionless guy at this point. Um, so he could do some damage. So lineup wise, I like it. But what the problem is, and it's something I keep talking about, is their pitching just is not very dynamic in my opinion. They're relying on guys who are on the back end of their career. When you look at you know Yu Darvish, John Lester, Jose Quintana, you know guys like that. Um, who I just don't think can put you over the top. You know, Hendricks is a guy probably more in the prime of his career, but he he's a he's an all-speed guy. Fastball tops out about 87, 88. And I just don't think that plays well when you go into the postseason. Um, I look for power pitching. So that's a big flaw there. I don't think their pitching is good enough, but I do like their lineup. I think their pitching is good enough to win a, a division. And what I like with them is that they've been there. They've been through the fire. They've won a World Series. They've been through the pressure cooker playing in Chicago in that Cubs organization in Wrigley. And in this situation now, there's not too much pressure. You've won before. You know, the monkey's off your back still probably. And so no fans in the stands, not as much pressure. New manager in in David Ross, which I think will bring a little fire to him. Um, So at least going forward, I, I like them a lot in their division then also competing with them is a new and upcoming team, and that's going to be the Cincinnati Reds. Now, where the Reds have the Cubs beat at is starting pitching, which I do like their top three. When you have a new up-and-coming guy in Luis Castillo, really good pitcher, righty, and you have Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer. So their rotation from that standpoint is better than what Chicago has. I'd say Chicago's line is probably a little better, but I still like the Reds' lineup. I think they, they can – they're going to be able to put some runs together. They signed Mike Moustakas in the offseason. He'll actually play second base for him. One of the most underrated players in baseball, maybe because he plays in Cincinnati, is a Eugenio Suarez. I mean, he puts up serious numbers. Third baseman for the Reds, absolute stud. Watch out for him this year. Very, very good player. Nick Senzel is a rookie who's going to play center field. He's a former Tennessee Vol Second overall pick. Now he finally settled in center field for him. I think he's going to kind of break out a little bit. Nick Castellanos signed from Chicago. So they have a couple other guys. Joey Votto, he's up there in age, but he'll still be somewhat productive for you. So lineup is going to be fine. Um, it's not as good as Chicago's, but their rotation is better. And so that's kind of where I see him. And ultimately, I'll, I'll give you my breakdown when it's all said and done, who's going to win the division. Then we have Milwaukee, who's had a lot of success in the past couple of years. But Milwaukee's pitching is just – it's not very good. And they have counted on their bullpen. And this is what I've talked about in the past, where a 162-game season is different from 60. This is a full sprint. And what teams like Milwaukee and teams like Oakland have counted on in the past is this. They've counted on the long play. All we need is a guy who can give us five, maybe six innings, and we give it to our pin. And that's how they played that. And ultimately, they never won a World Series like that because, like I said, when it comes down to postseason play, you need starting pitching. And I think that's what's going to happen in a 60-game season is you're going to need starting pitching. You can't just rely on the long game of here's what we're going to do. A guy, give us five innings, maybe six, three earn, no big deal. We'll leave it to the bullpen, Josh Hader. But I think ultimately that'll collapse as well is the strong bullpen because you've seen a guy like Josh Hader, you know, a lefty throwing – 99 hundred miles an hour. Besides Mariano Rivera and maybe a select few other guys, those guys don't last a while, and that's why Rivera was so great and was a unanimous Hall of Famer. It's because he lasted so long. Because usually those guys have one pitch, and that one pitch will get figured out. These are professional hitters, and so they'll have a two to three year window where they're absolute, you know, absolutely dominant. But that will fade, and I think that'll eventually fade with Hader, where. Yeah, he has an absolute dynamic fastball from the left side, but they'll figure him out sooner or later. And he'll still be effective, but he won't be as effective setting the world on fire like he has been the past couple of years. Obviously, Christian Yelich is one of the best players in baseball. And since he came from Miami, he has it, it's crazy because he was a good player in Miami. But he has emerged as a superstar and one of the best players in the game. I mean, just an absolute freak show. But they lost Mike Moustakis. they lost Yasmani Grandal. So there's not that much flash in the lineup like there used to be. Lorenzo Kane is out of his prime. So a good team, and I think they know how to win. So they'll they'll compete. And like I said, you never know what can happen. But I wouldn't bank on them, you know, having a ton of success. And another team that I put in the mix is St. Louis. St. Louis is just a really good organization. And it doesn't matter what they put on the field, they're always going to have a competitive team. They do a good job of you know developing their players in the minor leagues there's always guys coming up who can play never like superstar level players but just really solid ball players watch out for a starting pitcher on there on their rotation jack flarity who's going to be one of the better pitchers in baseball this year and going forward very young I think 24 years old right-handed pitcher six four, stud but they're going to need more than that and i think that's kind of where you know they'll have an issue um Miles Michaels, probably the number two good pitcher. They actually have, they have a really good bullpen. Now, I know one of their guys, Jordan Hicks, he is – he might have did a little closing last year, but he's a relief guy for him, righty, and he's touched in like the mid-hundreds, right? So he's been – somebody has been talked about a lot because of his high fastball velocity, but he's sitting out. I think he has some type of medical issue. So with the COVID situation, he's taken a break from the season, but still a pretty good bullpen. They still have Goldschmidt, who's probably one of the, you know, the guys you would look to as far as not- notoriety. Um, but like I said, just a all-around solid team. Yadier Molina's still behind the plate. But I don't think they have enough pitching-wise. I also don't think they have enough lineup-wise. I just think they're a really solid team. But not solid enough to win the division. Then finally, you have Pittsburgh. I just think they're a bad team, bad organization. They do a terrible job of developing pitching. Yeah, that that's always been a big issue with them is that they just don't develop pitching a couple of years ago they traded for Chris Archer they thought that that would you know help them out it hasn't archer's not very good um they've actually traded away two guys who are perennial all-stars and Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows for him and it hadn't panned out they've now traded Marte away um obviously McCutcheon was traded away several years ago. So they're really on a down slope. And I don't know if you would call it a rebuild, but this is not a very good team. So they, I don't think they factor in at all, at least in my opinion. But I'm going to give you my final overall take in the division. And I think Chicago Cubs win over Cincinnati Reds, who I think come out second, but do get a wild card. And I think, like I told you, I'm going to go against the grain on that one because my philosophy has always been, you know, starting pitching is going to win overall. But I like Chicago's lineup better. I think their starting pitching will be viable. I, I do have an issue with their pin. I think is kind of on the back end of his career, but I still think he can give you some good outings. What I'm banking on is having been there and the pressure of playing in those big games later in the year. Obviously, there's no fans in the stands, so it won't be as heightened. But when you're a team like Cincinnati who hasn't been there in a long time and hasn't gotten over the hump, it's it's different, especially in baseball when it's an isolated situation, like that's more pressure in my opinion. Whereas, you know, people talk about pressure in football, but it's really besides the quarterback, I would say, you know, he's an outlier because he has the ball in his hands all the time. It's not as much pressure. When you're at the plate and it's just you and the pitcher, it's a singular situation. You know, it's a lot more pressure than you would think. And I think the Cubs, when you look at those guys in that lineup, have been through the fire, like I said, and I think they can you know handle that type of pressure and so that's why i like them also i've seen where you know young up-and-coming managers like david ross are going to come in and bring fire to that locker room and i think that'll kind of reign true so that's why i like chicago coming out now i don't think they're a team that can compete for a world Series. i don't but i do think they can win this division then ultimately if you you ask me who places out you know i think st louis comes out third then you got milwaukee then pittsburgh and that's kind of i see how how i see it shaken up um but like I said, those are four teams that, you know, anything can happen. You could see anything happen to those four teams. But my overall take would be for good teams, but not for World Series title teams. Let's finish off with the NL West. The NL West is home to the best team in baseball. And in my opinion, it's not close. And that's the Los Angeles Dodgers. They have everything. And if you've heard me talk about these teams, there's flaws here and there's flaws there. Whether that's lineup, bullpen, and especially starting ro- starting rotation. They have it all. There's no weaknesses. Let's talk about starting rotation. Clayton Kershaw, who's been an ace for years. Yeah, he's on the backside of his career, but he's still effective. Then you have Walker Bueller, who is emerging, and I think he is the key to it all. They have come up short in the past couple postseasons. You figure they lost to the Astros in the World Series, and they lost to the Red Sox in the World Series, back-to-back years. And then... They fall out to the Nationals last year in the Division Series. So it looks like they would be on a downward slope, but they're not. And I think it's they're going to traject upwards because of Walker Buehler and his trajectory, which I think is pointing upwards. I think he is an absolute star. I think he's going to be an ace. And I think at the end of the year, you're going to look at him as a top, not a top 10, but a top five pitcher in baseball. I think he's that electric. I also think my prediction here. Is he's going to have a great year. And once again, if they're handing out awards, I'm not too sure how that's going to go this year, but he's my Cy Young pick. And I think he's going to elevate them this year. And so, like I said, they have Bueller, Kershaw, Stripling, Alex Wood. And I think they have two emerging pitchers in Julio Urias and Dustin May who have been talked about a lot. They're really top prospects who can, you know, emerge this year for them. And then you talk lineup. I think they've always been really good lineup-wise. Now they add Mookie Betts in the offseason, who's maybe the second or third best player in baseball. I mean, are you kidding me? They are loaded. You also have another top-five player in who's a guy he's going to be a superstar in Cody Bellinger. I mean, they are ridiculous. Then you add, I think, Corey Seager coming off of a – a year in, I think it was 18 when he had Tommy John, but now he's fully back. You know, they're raving about him and he's at short. You have Max Muncy, who's an all-star. A.J. Pollock is back. Justin Turner. So this is a dynamic team. Not to mention they have one of the best, I think he's the number two overall prospect in baseball in Gavin Lux. He'll be their second baseman. They're loaded. And then you have glue guys and on top of that, right? Glue guys that are just winning baseball players. They can play all over the field, any position, whenever you want. You look at T.K. Hernandez. You look at Max Muncy. You look at Chris Taylor, Jock Peterson. They are they are loaded. They have it all. Bullpen, Kinley Jansen, Joe Kelly, Blake Trinan. They are the absolute real deal, and they're going to run away with this division. Um, and then I believe they'll run away with the National League. But we can cover some more teams in this division that I like a lot. I think San Diego is a team that's emerging. You've heard, you know, they have young prospects coming up for a long time, and they do. They're just not ready yet. Why? Their starting pitching isn't there yet. They have one guy I really like a lot in Chris Paddock, a young right-hander, 6'5", electric, really good, could be an all-star type player moving forward. But besides that, it's it's a little, you know, it's a little downwards as far as their, their rotation. They don't have a lot. But like I said, they could count on him. But besides that, not too much to hold your hat on. But lineup-wise, they're really good. And they have a mixture of some good, you know, I would say guys in their prime. Not quite veterans, but but guys that are in their prime. Like a Hosmer. Um, Tommy Pham comes over. Manny Machado, who is a little more flash than it is actual, you know, on-field, you know, on-field play. Because a lot of it is just the hype of Manny Machado. And uh, I don't always like the way he plays the game sometimes, kind of hot dogs it. But, I mean, this is a dude who can put up numbers if if he plays out. You look at Francisco Mejia as a guy who came over from Cleveland in a deal. Really highly touted catcher. He's going to start this year. A guy I love and who could end up being the best player in baseball, you know, I'd say four or five years from now is Fernando Tatis at shortstop. He was having a really strong year until he got hurt last year. But you're talking about a guy who's a superstar. Um, so the guys are there. I mean, they have a lot of players, a lot of depth, um, a lot of young guys. I just don't think they're ready yet, but they're going to be fun to watch. And you also have other teams, the Diamondbacks, they signed Bumgarner in the offseason. Diamondbacks have a good rotation, but not great. They're kind of in the middle. They're like a middle tier team. They have some dudes who can play. Um, They're not a bad club, but I'm not expecting anything big from them. And you have the Rockies who are kind of the same boat. Their pitching is probably worse off. They don't really have great pitching and especially it's hard to pitch in that ballpark. So they never really get free agents and have always kind of struggled to develop pitching, but they have Nolan Arenado, who's one of the better players in the game, Charlie Blackman. Um, So they'll be able to hit the ball over the yard, but they won't be able to pitch very well. And so that'll be kind of like to their demise. Um, and then the San Francisco Giants are just, like I said, there's always one team in the division that's, that's got awful, and it's them. Um, I guess you would say they're in a rebuilding mode, but they're just not very good. One of the worst teams in baseball moving forward. So that's how I see the division shaking up. I would say, you know, Dodgers run away with it easily. Then you're looking at, I would say, a three team race with the Padres, Diamondbacks, and the Rockies. I have them all kind of clumped up in there. They're about on the same level, and then Giants finishing last. But ultimately, like I said, Dodgers running away with it. They're the best team in baseball. I think playoff-wise, you know, I think Nationals, Nationals, Dodgers, and the NLCS, but the Dodgers taking it. Not just, it's their year. I got I got Dodgers, Yankees, World Series, and it's, it's the Dodgers' time to win it. And I don't want to hear, you know, that it's an asterisk for, you know, winning the World Series in you know, the 60 games. I would say it was an asterisk if, like, I don't know, the Tampa Bay Rays win or the Oakland A's win or, you know, just like the St. Louis Cardinals or it's just an anonymous team that you wouldn't have thought, you know, could have won it if it would have been 162. The Dodgers win it and have a great year like I predict they will. Look, I'm going to put them up with some of the best teams in baseball if the season goes well. I'm not going to put an asterisk by it. I just think they're that damn good. They really are. So I would say Dodgers over the Yankees in a World Series – you know, I did it with the AL. I'm going to do it with the NL. And like I said, I don't know if they're handing out awards. But let's just do it. Let's roll with it. I got Ronald Acuna beating out Cody Bellinger for the MVP. And not, I mean, it can go either way. We're just predicting, right? Bellinger won it last year. Just So it's just for the sake of having some fun. I'm, I'm going to do Acuna because I think he is electric. I think he's a superstar. And they're going to need him, Atlanta will, to get over the top. And so I think he's going to produce. I mean, he is just very fun to watch, can do it all, steal bags, hit homers, play defense. I mean, so can Bellinger. But if you had to, you know, for the sake of argument, I'm going to just go with uh, Acuna to win it. And then, like I said, my Cy Young, and he's the guy who's going to put the Dodgers over the hump. It's going to be Walker Buehler.